Reporting for Golf Course Industry, I'm Rick Wolfel. My guest is Josh Saunders, the superintendent at the Longview Club in Penn Hills, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh. Josh has been in the turf industry for some two decades and is starting his sixth season at Longview. Josh, thanks for joining us. And we'll start off by asking you how your career in the turf industry has evolved over the last couple of decades. How did you get into the industry, and uh, how have things gone for you since then? Well, I would say golf has been a part of my life ever since I can remember. Um, My mom actually considered it daycare, believe it or not, during the summer months, and you know, I got dropped off at a golf course, um, the mom-and-pop place that we grew up and belonged to, you know, ever since I can remember, every day, and would walk in, you know, anywhere from 54 to you name it, holds, and just golf has always been a major part of my life, and I decided at a very, you know, early age that this is what I wanted to embark on and began working on a golf course at 14, Um had to get special permission from the judge and all that good stuff. And, you know, started off with a weed eater in my hand, but from, from there, the rest is history. That's moved me on to uh, setting myself up with through college with uh, internships at various clubs. And, you know, I've really made the effort to expose myself to all different aspects of the industry, whether it be the mom-and-pop type course that what they make in May is what they spend in June all the way to uh, multi-million dollar budgets with uh, internship at Augusta and from there I uh, graduated school in uh, 2003 yeah second degree was in three and left from there to take a job as uh, AIT at Kenlock in Richmond Virginia at Kenlock, you had a mentor who really impacted your career. Why don't you talk about uh, the effect that Pete Wynn had on you then and continues to now? You know, I think I could take sit here and talk for a very long time about that. But, you know, if I had to ask a question of what would be the single strongest attribute that was given to me during my time at Kenlock, I would simply say exposure. Um Pete had the knack to, it didn't matter the situation, he wanted to include his assistants in it. And, you know, looking back at it, I think that that is one of the, one of the biggest things that has prepared for me with my next step of becoming a golf course superintendent. And it's something that I have tried to instill in my assistants. And what I mean by that is, you know, it could be anything from just a simple ride around where he was collecting his thoughts. He wanted to include us in everything. And when vendors were in his office or lunch meetings or, you know, podcasts or webinars or educational type opportunities, we were always the first to sign up. And with that, it gained me a lot of exposure and allowed me to learn a lot towards the next steps of my career. Now, you arrived at Longview in 2013, actually New Year's Day 2013. What was the situation like when you got there? It was not the ideal situation for a superintendent to walk into. Uh, 
you know, I think uh, it's a pretty common theme with all of our superintendents and that, you know, it, it tends to be very overwhelming. Um, it was extremely overwhelming for me my first day. Um, prior to my arrival, uh, how things were handled or, you know, how the my predecessor left um, may not have been at the best of terms. So when I walked in on January, it's actually January 7th, 2013, and I remember that being a Southerner my whole life. That first day I woke up to coming to work in Pittsburgh, it was minus seven. And uh, I just remember that feeling. But I walked into an office that uh, had absolutely no records. Um, all the drawers of my desk and filing cabinet were left wide open with nothing in them. So I literally had to, I literally inherited a 90 year old course and was forced to start from scratch. What advantage did you have in that your time at Kenlock had given you an idea of what you wanted the end product to look like? Whatever disadvantages you were facing, no knowledge of what conditions were like or no knowledge of what had gone on in the past, you had an idea in your own mind of what you wanted the end product to look like. How helpful was that for you? Well, I think it was everything. Um, you know, utilizing my experience, not only at Kenlock, but, you know, my other two internships. So I had three, you know, almost 10-plus years of experience at three courses that were raked in the top 100. So I was able to utilize all of those and really set the foundation. But more specifically, you know, looking at the agronomic aspects when starting here at Longview, it, w it was really simple. And it kind of, it allowed me, I went back to the basics. Um, you know, I touched on what my exposure was like through Pete and at Kenlock and one of those one of the biggest exposures was the relationship that I developed with Joel and Joel Simmons and met Jack and just the earthworks, and it was something that I really, really believed in. And mainly for me, it was so overwhelming as an assistant that, you know, there's a laundry list of products that superintendents have at their exposure, and I think it, too often, it becomes too overwhelming, and we tend to overthink it. So I was kind of forced um, with what the situation I walked into was to really simplify and to get back into basics. Um, and from really that point forward, I took an approach and a philosophy that I had gained, but I took a philosophy that, you know, let's address the soil first. Let's get back to the basics, see what we need to do underneath um, that will really set us up for the future um, and set us up for the present, um, utilize a lot of the natural attributes of a system, um, an environment that's been maintained for 90-plus years, and, you know, see what we can do to make things better. So how did you prioritize 
soil conditions and turf conditions and how you addressed those issues? Oh, man, where to start? Uh, well, the first thing I did is I spent um, probably my first two days where I never left my office with the insistence that I inherited. And I inherited a really uh, wise group of assistants, I'll put it to you that way, that had combined over 100 years of experience and combined probably over 70 years of experience at Longview. So, you know, that kind of really allowed me to pick their brain of, you know, what was the issues in the past and how was this maintained and what was used and how aspects were done. And, you know, I, I kind of started there and and went on and really spent the first month or two um, developing just the foundation within my operation. And really, I truly didn't get started as far as agronomically um, until I sent my first soil test samples in, in in March of that year. And that really allowed me to see the hand that I was dealt and how to react, um, to balance, and 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 set the foundation towards the future. And five years later, I would uh, I'd put our place up against anybody. In terms of the changes that you had to make, in terms of the way you were doing things, and what products you were using, etc., how challenging was it to get your staff to buy into those changes? Well, I think it was a practice what you what you preach. Um, it was very slow to start. Um, it took really a couple of seasons with, with, with getting some, uh, some newer blood, um, some youth um, into the operation. Um, and from there, I just, I, I again, kind of took a page from, from my mentor and Pete and just, it was all about exposure and, whether it was a 30-plus year member of the crew or a two-plus year member of the crew, I set out to really explain things. And, and even if they were educated and wanted to know anything and everything they could about turf or they didn't, I wanted to bore them with the knowledge um, of what I was going to embark on and what I was going to do to make this golf course better and really it was defining and, and going after and explaining having a soul first mentality and that maintaining the soil and balancing the soil um, would unlock or unleash for a lack of better words um, 90 plus years of managing this this property were there any particular turf issues that stood out above other issues? I mean, you're in a transition zone, which can be a challenging place to grow grass in the best of circumstances, but were there any particular issues that um, concerned you? Well, I think for me it was kind of unique. I mean, you know, it, it, all playing surfaces had their unique um 
issues, for a lack of better words. And for me, the first aspect was was improving the soil because a lot of the issues that I had heard or understood or learned from various resources contributed a lot to simply overwatering practices. Um, so what I did is kind of reference back and took an approach of okay, well, A, I already know coming from the Mid-Atlantic and coming from the transition zone and the southernmost bent grass golf course in all the United States and managing bent grass greens in Augusta that um, water management was going to come second nature, nature simply because of my practices. So what I had to do was put focus on the soil, starting with my very first aerification, to improve how the profile was going to adapt to my new watering practices. Um, so what it did is it really it allowed me to utilize my experience with carbon-based fertility and put a lot of emphasis on, you know, as Joel would always say, flocculating the soil and um, addressing my CEC and 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 making it to where water and air can move through the soil profile better and faster. And in return, it allows me to balance all the other chemistries and everything else just kind of, in all honesty, just fell into place. That kind of thing takes time. At what point did you really start to see the benefits of what you were doing in terms of what the turf looked like? <laughs> Honestly, I think it was my first foliar spray um, of Earthworks that I put out. Um, I really feel like, you know, I keep stressing and putting the emphasis on the older property, and I kind of knew, let's simplify it. Imagine all the microbial activity that is just hanging out in the soil, especially our putting surfaces. And, I mean, I remember vividly the next day coming in after my first 555 spray and just seeing that immediate response, the the vigor in the turf. It just stood up, and it, it looked so healthy, and it was like, okay, this was something new, and I really liked it. So let's keep giving me a little bit of this. As things evolved over the course of time, it involves tremendous effort on your part and your staff's part, but it also involves spending money. So you have to communicate with the members and get them to buy into what you're doing. So how did you go about that process, and how important was it to get the members on board? Well, I think it's easy for any of us to say that in order to make money, you got to spend money. Right, and and in this industry, um, so much emphasis is placed on conditions. Whether you're in the the private sector or the public sector, you know, conditions is what keeps people coming back. It keeps the player happy. It keeps the member happy. Um, so, with that, you know, when it became the finances aspect, for me. I was very fortunate in what I inherited. 
So it was more of selling and interpreting and informing the membership and those around me of my philosophies towards managing turf than it was per se of the financial burden or, you know, the the financial need for that matter. Looking back on it as you start year six, how satisfying is it to you that you've been able to bring the club to this point from what it was when you first got there? Well, it's extremely satisfying, but I, again, I still only think I've scratched the surface, and I think that's important. You know, I think every day I achieve, try to achieve a couple of things, and number one is learning something new. You know, I put a lot of value on learning something new every day. And, you know, number two is to constantly improve. Whether it's in the dead of the winter and I'm picking apart everything from the previous year's program, it's improving there. Or it's improving in our efficiency on a daily basis when we're actively operating. Um, You know, both of those aspects is what allows me to stay fresh, allows me to stay motivated, because I'm just like every other superintendent. I wake up and I put one boot on at a time. And from there, I think it's important of, you know, of what I've of what I'm trying to accomplish, and you know we've had a great five years, um, you know, to where now we're where our names being mentioned with hosting events, and we're on the state level, and and people are interested in coming to Longview. Um, for the longest time, you know, people knew Longview because of you know the world renowned clubhouse and and the horticulture and et cetera, et cetera. Now. People are coming because of the conditions, and and that says a lot. Josh, thanks very much for your time today. We appreciate your giving us a few minutes and continued uh, best wishes. Thank you.